As a long-time foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Hello all, Eric Rivenis with the Most Notorious Podcast here. Each week I interview an author or historian about a historical true crime, tragedy, or disaster. Subject matter ranges from gunslingers to Gilded Age murder to gangsters to fires to pirates to wild prison breaks. My guests bring their incredible knowledge directly to you. Please subscribe to Most Notorious on your favorite podcast app. Cheers and have a safe tomorrow. The University of North Carolina opened its doors to students in 1795, becoming the nation's first institution of higher learning. Over time, the school expanded with campuses all across the state. And while each of these locations have their own unique and historic attributes, it is in Chapel Hill where one of the university's most infamous and curious landmarks resides the Gimgul Castle. Originally known as the Hippol Castle, the unique structure was built in 1924 using 1,300 tons of rough stone. It is located on the east side of campus, not far from the old Chapel Hill Cemetery, and the unique building serves as the home to a secret society known as the Order of Gimgul. Founded by five University of North Carolina students in 1889, the mysterious group's beliefs are based primarily on the ideals of Arthurian knighthood and chivalry. And much like the infamous Skull and Bones of Yale, entrance into the Order of Gimgul is by invitation only, furthering its mystique. But what makes the Order of Gimgul so unique to the University of North Carolina itself is that its origins are intertwined with one of the campus's most enduring legends, a tale of romantic rivalry among two men that left one dead not far from where the Gimgul Castle stands today, a man named Peter Dromgul. My name is Brandon Schecksneider, and you are listening to Southern Gothic. Legend says that in 1833, a young man named Peter Dromgul arrived to study at the University of North Carolina. Then, 
after several months, he fell in love with a beautiful young woman named Fanny. The pair soon had their own secret spot where they met, an area called Piney Point or Piney Prospect. A large flat boulder marked the location, which sat atop a plateau looking down into the valley. And legend purports that this beautiful young woman was so madly in love with her new beau that on many afternoons she arrived at this secret spot early just so she could rest upon this boulder and dream of their future together. Yet in spite of the couple's happiness, for Dromgul, there was a shadow over the relationship. One of Peter's close friends had also been interested in gaining the attention of Fanny. Of course, she ultimately rejected the man in favor of Peter, but a great jealousy began to grow. At first, Peter made every effort to avoid running into his former friend, but the other man was clearly still bitter, taking every opportunity to goad Peter. Then, one afternoon, the two men met face to face on a narrow walkway, and although Peter tried to ignore his aggressor as they passed each other, the man purposefully ran into Peter's shoulder with enough force to knock him to the ground. Obviously, Peter was furious at the insult and an argument broke out. Exactly what was said between the two is unknown. However, the result would prove lethal as the man challenged Peter to a duel. And naturally, being the gentleman that he was, Peter accepted. So both men chose their seconds to stand beside them and the plans were made. The event would occur at midnight, near the cliff, at the edge of town. Legend claims that Peter was considered a reasonably good shot and therefore had little cause for concern regarding the duel's outcome. But when the time arrived, his marksmanship was all but useless. A brief rain earlier in the warm May day had caused a low-lying mist to hover above the ground. So after the men prepared to fire after marking their ten paces, their targets seemed more like a misty, ghost-like figure than their former friend. Nevertheless, the two men took aim and pulled the trigger. After the shots rang out, their friends quickly ran to check on the men only to find that Peter was dead before he hit the ground. Terrified by this outcome, the three men dragged Peter's body away to a nearby rock where they frantically dug a shallow but serviceable grave and buried Peter. Unfortunately, Fanny went on with life completely unaware that he had been killed. So she continued to visit and sit at their boulder and wait for him to return. But eerily, she noticed that the stone 
was now covered in strange brownish-red stains where it once had none. Eventually, heartbroken by his disappearance, the young woman grew silent and lived on in a trance-like state until she ultimately succumbed to her broken heart. For almost two centuries, this legend has been passed down by the students of the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill. And while the facts surrounding this tale of romantic rivalry seemingly lack any basis in reality, one thing is historically factual. Peter Dromgoul truly did disappear, and his whereabouts are still unknown today. Peter Pelham Dromgoul was born on February 8, 1815, in Halifax County, North Carolina, to Sarah Cleese Pelham and Edward Dromgoul II, a Methodist minister, physician, merchant, and planter. Though born in Halifax County, Peter spent much of his childhood on his grandfather's plantation in Virginia. Little is known of these early years but in 1832, he was enrolled in the Franklin Male Academy in Lewisburg, North Carolina. There, he began college preparatory studies with the hopes of gaining admittance to the University of North Carolina. It is uncertain how seriously Peter took his education at the time, but it can be surmised that it was not nearly serious enough because the following year, in January of 1833, Peter failed his entrance exams. In a letter written to his father on January 26, 1833, the young man informs him of the news. I arrived here last Sunday week and after being examined for two days, I am very sorry to inform you that I was rejected. Since that, I have commended studying under one of the tutors for the present session, at the end of which I shall be prepared to enter college with ease next June. Perhaps unsurprisingly, Edward Dromgoul was extremely disappointed at his son's failure to gain admittance to the university. And to make matters worse, it is also believed that Edward received a letter from a university faculty member that implied Peter was engaging in questionable activities as opposed to focusing on his education. What followed were a series of bitterly worded letters between the father and son. However, all that remains of this correspondence today are the letters written by Peter. It is known from Peter's reply that his father wrote him in March 1833, although the contents of this letter are unknown. But whatever it was, it seemed to have hurt and offended Peter. So on April 8, 1833, he wrote a response. My dear father, I write you this letter to let you become acquainted with the determination I have come to. And while I address you with tears in my eyes, 
Be not rash in your decision about my conduct. I entreat you, therefore, to overlook it. To be short and explicit about this matter, and let you know at once, I have determined nevermore to see that parent's face, whom I have treated with so little respect. The reason of my conduct I am not able to describe, but shall leave them for time to unfold. I shall leave Chapel Hill, preceding the departure of this letter, and shall proceed to the nearest point where I can take water, from whence I shall sail for Europe, never to return again. Let me entreat you, my dear parents, to be reconciled, for I have taken the old maxim that all things happen for the best. Let me ask you to keep this script as the thanks of an undutiful son who has disregarded the precepts which has been so often reiterated in his ears. Should I arrive at my destined point, I expect to write to you all. So farewell, and may the mercy of God protect, be with you, and comfort you forever. And I hope that you will pray for me, your affectionate but undutiful son, Peter P. Dromgoul. This response is believed to be Peter Dromgoul's final correspondence with his family. Upon receipt of this letter, it is said that Edward Dromgoul declined to take any action, proclaiming that, quote, no one should run after him. But after several weeks of hearing no other news from Peter, his concerned mother, Sarah, approached her brother-in-law, George Dromgoul, for help. So George traveled to Chapel Hill with the hopes of locating his nephew. Yet by the time George arrived, Peter had already disappeared. According to the legend, the truth of Peter Dromgoul's death by duel was not revealed for over 60 years when one of the men involved that fateful night finally told the tale on his deathbed. Yet the identity behind the supposed confessor remains unknown, as is the role he played in the duel. Despite this, the absence of any definitive proof or even information on who exactly Fanny was, this legend of romantic rivalry remains the most prominent explanation of Peter Dromgoul's very real disappearance. This is likely the result of another historically factual duel in the Dromgoul family. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Y'all, I want to take a quick minute to tell you about one of my favorite nonprofit organizations here in Middle Tennessee. It's called Poster Nashville. Now, this organization supports people during times of housing or medical crises by providing compassionate, temporary care for their pets. 
That's right. Poster helps secure loving homes for beloved little furballs when their human companions are going through things that might otherwise cause them to have to give them up. But since Poster began back in 2020, they've been able to reunite nearly 250 pets with their loving pet parents after they were able to secure housing, keeping families together through tough times. Of course, y'all, I have to say from personal experience, it's been an awesome program to be around. My kids and I have been fortunate enough to hang out with some of the pups, and trust me, what Poster is doing through a devoted network of volunteers is absolutely heartwarming. So if you'd like to help, Poster is in the middle of their annual fundraiser right now, trying to hit a goal of $20,000, and it would mean the world to me if you'd consider helping us get there. All you got to do is visit southerngothicmedia.com bark. That's right, southerngothicmedia.com bark. In 1837, several years following his disappearance, Peter's uncle, George C. Dromgoul, was involved in a duel with a man named Daniel Duggar on the banks of the Roanoke River in North Carolina. George Dromgoul, who was a Virginia congressman at the time, emerged as the victor, killing Daniel Duggar. Then, in 1907, an alternate explanation for Peter's disappearance was put forth when former president of the University of North Carolina, Dr. Kemp Plummer Battle, published a two-part history of the university. Included in the work was a chapter titled the quote, Dromgul Myth, that included information Battle had obtained after he supposedly spoke with John Buxton Williams, Dromgoul's roommate. Williams claimed that Peter had been, quote, a moody youth and inclined to wildness. As a result, Battle reported that he was of the opinion that Peter, ashamed to go home after failing at the university, drifted away to the then still wild and turbulent Southwest, where he was likely killed in a barroom brawl or assassination. Unfortunately, this 1907 version of events includes absolutely no documentation to support such claims. Then, in October of 1924, Bruce Cotton published a response to Battle's story in Carolina Magazine under the title Peter Dromgoul in which much light is thrown on an interesting tradition. Cotton was a distant cousin to Peter who had become intrigued by the legend while a freshman at the University of North Carolina. In addition to providing background information on Peter and the Dromgoul family, the article published several of Peter's letters to his family, letters that Cotton himself had found during a trip to the old Dromgoul homestead in Brunswick County, Virginia. Cotton believed that Peter neither died in a duel nor traveled to Europe as he had claimed, 
but it actually left Chapel Hill and traveled to Southport, North Carolina, then called Smithville, where he joined the army under the assumed name of John Williams. It is noted that this was also the supposed name of Peter's roommate. The source of Cotton's claim comes from a letter written in April of 1834 by Reverend Thomas Hunt, formerly of Brunswick, Virginia. Presumably, the letter was written to Peter's father as it goes on to explain that Reverend Hunt was approached by a woman and given a bundle of letters that had been left behind by a gentleman who previously stayed at her home. All of the letters in the bundle were addressed to Peter P. Dromgoul. When questioned about the man who left the letters, the woman informed the reverend that he had been at her home in June the previous year, 1833, before he went on to Smithville to enlist in the army at Fort Johnston. There is no evidence among the Dromgoul family papers that indicate if Peter's family took any action following the letter of Reverend Hunt. But among those documents, the name Peter Dromgoul is only mentioned once more. In the settlement of his father's estate in 1840, which simply states that there was once a son named Peter who disappeared in 1833 and had not been heard from since. Despite the compelling, alternative theory provided by Bruce Cotton, the disappearance of Peter Dromgoul remains unsolved to this day. Yet the memory of this former student remains in the lore of the University of North Carolina as the infamous tale of heartbreak is told to thousands of new students year in and year out. And many who believe this legend to be true believe that the infamous blood-stained rock where Peter Dromgoul met his fate can still be found today not far from the mysterious Gimgul Castle and what was once Piney Point. My name is Brandon Schecksneider, and you've been listening to Southern Gothic. Southern Gothic is an independently produced podcast created by siblings Brianne and Brandon Schecksneider with the support of listeners like you. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to receive even more content, including ad-free episodes, head over to our Patreon page today. The link is in the show notes. Lucky Lady Shacks. Hello, my name is Matt, host of the Pirate History Podcast. Pirates rank among the most mythologized and romanticized of all historical figures. It can become easy to forget that pirates were real people that had real-world concerns. If you like tales of high seas adventure, daring do, and also want to learn more about who Blackbeard supported to be king, you can learn more about all of that at the Pirate History Podcast. 
What do you get when you take two childhood friends with a passion for unexplored history and a whole lot of booze? You get us, Queen's Podcast. And here at Queen's, we are spilling the tea on all kinds of women from history. From New Orleans voodoo queen, Marie Laveau, to Marie Antoinette, and everything in between. Each queen is paired with a cocktail recipe that will totally get you in the mood to hear the fun, dramatic, and juicy stories of fascinating women from history. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Cheers! Cheers!